Are you ready for another God-inspired, powerful message? <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. I hear that every week, and I go, man, <laughs> I got I to gotta try to do that again. Thankfully, it's, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We pray you'll hear the Holy Spirit's voice uh, in the message today. Uh, hey, worship team, I just want to personally say thank you for creating a space today where I could cry, where I could laugh, where I was free just to open my heart up to the Lord. Would you give it up for our worship team? Thank you, worship team. You guys rock. Man, it is just, it is just amazing to be able to come into a space where we're free to worship the Lord as uh, as we just open our hearts in abandonment like that. Had an amazing, uh, fun day yesterday. We were able to tie the knot with uh, Patrick and Priscilla. Um, they, they are here in our church, and they serve uh, along with their two children, um, Xavier and uh, Emma Lynn. And uh, they actually, they have an amazing story of a number of years ago, when the children were just babies, they uh, had their children enrolled at Heart of the Family. And there was this crazy, generous church called Harvest Christian Fellowship that had begun Operation Heart and uh, had reached out. And they were a family that were recipients of some generosity from this crazy church called Harvest Christian Fellowship. And they were so blown away that anybody would even care that they would even matter that they started sneaking over for services to see what it was all about. Well, the next thing you know, they invite Jesus into their heart and uh, are serving here. Yesterday was the day to say, we want to put God into not only our marriage, but at the end, just before I pronounced the man and wife and said, you may kiss your bride, their children were in the front row and we had them come up and they wanted to do family dedication. And so we dedicated the children. Uh, and it was just, I just, it was fun. It was just fun. It was fun to see what God can do. And so as you heard about the upcoming offering, when we give to offerings like this, we just don't think that it's humanitarian aid, although that's fine, that's good. I think we should, there should, we should care about human beings. This is more than humanitarian aid. This is seed that goes into the ground and it's supernaturally touched by God and it does miracles. Say miracles. I just wanted you to know about that miracle because I just think that's good. We have another miracle sitting. Brenda Ravelry, just welcome. This is your first Sunday back. Nine weeks in hospital. Uh, the doctors had counted her out. They were, uh, you know, counting her out, and uh, she fought from the inside out and said, uh-uh, and uh, you brought your cane today. And I just point that out only because she said this, this is kind of the, the remnant of what's taken place. And she said, uh, I'm going to need help in the baptismal tank in a few weeks in November. And I said, uh, we'll, we'll help you in and we'll help you out. And uh, so congratulations on your choice to be water baptized and full healing. We're just praying for full, full healing in your body. So great that you're here today. Hey, thanks, pal. Okay. <laughs> Maybe at home you could practice flipping it and see if it'll. <laughs> I'm uh, also really excited about uh, an opportunity if you're a parent of a student, grade five, six, or seven, uh, that there's a gathering for them in our first service. You'll be hearing about it. It's called The Bridge, and uh, we really feel it's important that we gather uh, our junior hires together and start talking to them about Jesus. And so they're going to have a, an opportunity. So we'll be listening for when that starts. It'll be real soon. And uh, we're excited, excited about our junior hires. And uh, be praying for our youth, young adults to so say head off in November on a retreat. 
Yeah, love our youth, love our kids. I want to say yes to provision today. So we've been saying yes. I think there'll be one more yes next week. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, this was a one-off. Just, just was a one-off service I was doing. And a bunch of my series end up by becoming serious because I just get into study and go, man, this can't be a one-off. There's a lot, too much good stuff in here. Here's our verse. But as God is faithful, how many know today that God is faithful? Amen. Our word to you is not yes or no. Another way of saying this, he's not a maybe God. We do not serve a maybe God. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, uh, and Sil, and Timothy, Pastor Roy, was not maybe, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, uh, the amen to the glory of God spoken through us. In the Old Testament, there were a number of encounters that the patriarchs had that caused them to understand a little bit more about God. They, they, they knew about him a little bit more by experience. They experienced an attribute. They experienced something about God that caused them to give God a name. And so for Moses, Moses encountered the God that took him, uh, that it was a God of miracles and a God of war that God had fought on his behalf. David uh, said that God is my shepherd as he understood through the difficulties of life that God was leading him from green pasture to green pasture. And though we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't stay there. And God is our shepherd. He's faithful. And so David explained that he is, he is God, my shepherd. In Genesis chapter 22, we meet Abraham, and he's about to sacrifice his son. God said, will you give me your one, your only son? a son of promise. He'd been waiting. He was over 100 year, years old before uh, he and Sarah conceived this son of promise that God had said that you will be a, a father of many nations. He goes, I don't even have a kid. How can I be a father of nations? I don't have any children. And the, child, the child of promise would come, and then that's good. I mean, here, here he's holding the promise, and God wanted to know, are you going to hold the promise tighter than you're going to hold the promiser? And, uh, and so he, he, he tested Abraham so Abraham would know his own heart. God knew his heart. God knew he would come through with flying colors. And he said, will you sacrifice your only son? In the same way, God sacrificed his one and only son, Jesus, for you and I so that we could have the promise of salvation. So in that chapter in Genesis 22, as, as um, uh, Abraham, who doesn't know the end of the story, just in his obedience before God, says, I will give you. I don't understand where this is going to go, but I know that you are so faithful, God, that my son of promise will be resurrected from the dead. And so we have beautiful pictures there of God's only son in Abraham's only son. Reminded of that this morning. But in that moment, as God said, I will provide. Say, I will provide. Not you and I providing, but God wants to provide for you and I. And God provided a ram that was in the thicket. And Abraham went over and he took that ram and sacrificed it instead, instead. In the same way, Jesus, the greatest provision for you and I was sacrificed instead. Abraham looked up. There in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. 
Just a wonderful understanding. At Harvest, we say this way, we want you to know God, not about him, but to experience. This morning, I want to stir your faith to believe that you will say yes to experiencing the God who will provide for you and your family. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. He who did not spare his own son. Remember that the picture of Abraham and Abraham going, wow, he is the provider, really is the picture for us to experience a God who didn't spare his son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him? In other words, if he's given us everything, then he's given us everything. Graciously give us all things. Would you say that, all things? Where's your faith this morning for all things provided for you and your family? Jesus, I just pray right now in a day that in economic difficulty and, Lord, in, in the, the turmoil of this world, these are the moments that you uh, have, are uh, uh, assuring us that your promises are yes and amen. Well, maybe not because of Israel. Maybe not because of the Ukraine. Maybe not because of of a logistics difficulties of getting us in supply and demand, and there's not enough money. Maybe not. No, yes, and amen to the glory of God. Today, you are our provider in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen, amen." When Christine and I were dating. Um, as we were in that phase of getting to know one another uh, uh, better, we had made that decision, then it began to progress, that we just knew that we wanted to spend a lot of time together and began to talk about uh, that there, you know, that we felt in our hearts that we would, we would get married, that we would spend the rest of our lives together. And so engagement would need to take place. But we had, we had kind of, uh, as our families were beginning to ask, so what is all of this? As they would hear us talking on the telephone, that would be an instrument on the wall with a cord. Um, and uh, you would be stuck there. Um, there. That's even before cordless phones. And uh, I, I had my spot in the basement. And, uh, and were, were you, was yours in the kitchen or did you have a phone in your room? I can't remember. You don't remember either? Those conversations were that great. I know where I was, and uh, and so parents started, to, and we said, you know, we assured them. I was I was in university, and you know, we're, it's kind of a long haul. We're not going to do anything, you know, uh, uh, too quickly, and 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 we're going to take our time and do this right, and all of the language uh, around that. And as uh, another year progressed, we were feeling that our plan was way too long. Christina was working managing a bakery. I had aspirations of finishing my biology degree at Western and becoming a dentist. That process hadn't shifted yet. I was just in the biology degree, but really aspirations. And Christina thought um, I was going to be rich one day. And so, um, so, so we we talked about moving up the marriage date, and uh, and that honestly we just couldn't wait. So we were like, we got we we need to do this, and, and so. So that was going to require me talking to her dad and asking him if we could get married. And man, that was intimidating. And uh, hey, you know, uh, Mel, I would really like to talk to you tonight about, you know, Christina and I, and I unpacked it all, and I'd like to marry your daughter. He said, "Uh, you're in school, right? That's going to keep going for a while? Uh Uh-huh. How will you provide for my daughter? That's a good question, right? Right, isn't it? Is that a good question? If you're a dad of a daughter, 
who's working, and she was paying for most of our dates at that point. <laughs> and he's probably kind of wondering, you know, will you be able to provide for my daughter? You know, the Bible has something to say about providing for our families. It's interesting. First Timothy 5.8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And I want to explain this for a sec because it sounds like um, that unbelievers, people who aren't Christ followers, people who, who don't understand faith in God, that they're dirtbags who don't take care of their families and, uh, and just, you know, you're an unbeliever? Oh, you don't take care of your family, do you? And if you read it without context, it's kind of what it sounds like. And let me just explain it just for a second, even though I tend to over-explain all things, but I want you to understand this. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially your family, there isn't a provision, you've denied the picture of God in heaven, the Father of all, and we're teaching our families that God is a provider. And if those of us who know or should know in faith of God's faithfulness and that he is a provider... As believers, Tim, uh, Paul is saying to, uh, to Timothy, in the, as he's training him to be a pastor, he's saying the number one place where families should demonstrate their faith in God is by trusting God to provide for their families in a way that is godly. And if you don't do that, you're denying that number one truth of God being a provider. You're actually denying that. And, th and therefore, you're like a person who doesn't know that God's their provider. You're an unbeliever. Now, I want that to sink in for a second because this, this verse isn't scolding people. It's saying we all need to come higher in our faith of demonstrating to our families, those of us who have responsibility, dads, moms today, we have responsibilities for our kids and our household or other people we might be responsible for. It begins there. But did you know that God wants us to begin to be responsible to be able to bless families that we just talked about? to do things in our community that we've talked about, to be able to move ahead as a church, which is, is requires finances and giving, providing, providing what God wants to do. And he chooses to use us to provide because it's an expression of faith and God's expectation on you and I to provide for these great things that he wants us to do taps our finances and causes us to say, okay, God, if this is your will, then it needs to be your bill, and you will provide. And the, in the household of faith, in a, a church and a house like this, where people of faith, you cannot get away from it. The number one piece is going to be showing our families God provides, showing the world God provides. Are you tracking? That, that's, you see it, right? Okay, never mind. I'll unpack it for another 20 minutes. Do you see it? All right. Just, yeah, you can fake it. It's okay. Just, we trust God. My future father-in-law wanted to know, will you be a good provider for my daughter? If we say yes today to the promise of God's provision, <laughs> which you're going to see is not just meeting your needs, that's not the God that we serve. This is a God who says, I 
want to supply so much to you, abundance to you, because I'm going to put you on stretch so you can provide and be an example of how I provide, just as we just read. And so we're saying yes to the God who's a good provider. Say good provider. So you might be here today and go, how do I know God's a good provider? I'm glad you asked that question. We're going to just look at a few scriptures. I'm going to show you that God is a good provider. Number one, I know that God's a good provider because God owns it all. Now, this may be elementary for some, but we need to be reminded. And for someone else today, if some of these things are new, I want you to understand that uh, if you're wearing a ring today, uh, uh, we're talking about a wedding, and it has a diamond in it. God's the one who made the dirt and pressed it together and formed the diamond in the dirt. He owns the diamond, or he owns the dirt. He made the pressure. He owns the diamond. You see, God ultimately owns everything. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And so we're reminded today that nothing on this earth belongs to anyone before it belongs to God. Now, he may give it, we steward it and take care of it, but ultimately, God owns, he's owning everything. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Well, where'd all that come from? We're just pausing to reflect and think about the God who owns everything. I want, you know, this, this thought is, if God's a good provider, he's got to have a good bank account. And that's what my father-in-law was asking me. What are your plans? Like, how are you going to make money to pay the bills to take care of my daughter? How are you going to do this? And I unpacked the plan for him, and we're here today, so it must have been convincing. I want you to be convinced that, that God has a bank account that belongs to him that is a lot larger than we sometimes give him credit for because he owns everything. When he created and established the world, he made something out of nothing. <laughs> He's the God who made something out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. I don't know exactly what that means. All I know is there was a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering uh, over the waters. And God said, let there be, a whole bunch of times. And there was. God can create provision for you and I the same way he provided it in the beginning. He can, you say, well, how's God going to do this? I don't know. I think he's faithful. I think he's got a big bank account. I think he can make something out of nothing. I'm not going to worry about it. I know that I don't know how to do it, but I think he does know how to do it. Why? Because he owns everything. He's a good provider. So I'm saying yes to a God who can provide. Look up, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all those stars up there? As we ponder, amuse, and reflect. Oh, he who brings out the starry house one by one and calls forth each of them by name. I was doing some real quick research this week about galaxies and the Milky Way, the galaxy we're in. Um, our star, our solar system is so huge. I mean, like, like I forget how many millions of Earths can fit in it. Um, and, um, and the Milky Way galaxy is one of the smaller galaxies. Um, by like exponential kind of numbers. And, and scientists believe that 
the farther they look into the galaxy, they realize there's no end to it. Um, and it's, it could be all moving uh, at some crazy rate, um, or it's infinite, or it's just really super big. <laughs> uh, and, and so as we look up into the vastness of the night sky, and we have that window into the galaxies, it says that God created every single one of them, every star, every asteroid, every planet, and because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. That's the God that we're saying yes to provision today. God doesn't need anything to provide for you and I. He has everything already. Let that thought just go into your spirit this morning. God's a good provider because he owns it all. Number two, all right, God owns everything. All right, I'm good with that. Is he gonna give me some of it? Well, this morning, you don't serve a stingy God. You do not serve a God who withholds. He did not withhold his own son. If he did not spare his only son, will he not give us all things? Say all things. A God who has an open hand of generosity because he's God our Father. And he wants us to learn that he can provide. He's a good provider. He's a generous provider. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. This is the story of um, a people who had been in slavery. God's people had been in Egypt for 400 years in slavery. You don't get three squares as a slave. You get fed whenever your slave master feels like feeding you. You do not get the prime rib of uh, Egypt. You get leftovers and scraps. You're a slave. Say slave. Slaves, slaves, people in bondage, cannot get ahead. They, they can't, they're not, they're not in a position to receive. They're under the taskmaster of Egypt, uh, and that's the way it was for 400 years. God said, I don't want you to be slaves. You're my people. I'm going to deliver you. You're going to move from the land of not enough. There wasn't enough straw to make bricks. or just wasn't enough as a slave. There was never enough as a slave who worked for Pharaoh. And God freed them and brought them into the wilderness, which was supposed to be a short stint, because of disobedience, ended up by being 40 years because they lost their way, found it again, ultimately on track to where God was taking them, which was the promised land. Say promised land. The land of promise. These all serve as pictures for you and I in Christ Jesus today that we were in sin and slavery. And then we came into learning about the Lord and we got saved and made that decision. It was new and we went to seeds. And if you're in seeds right now, it's awesome. You're with Willene and Murray and learning about Jesus and how awesome he is. And, and uh, you start finding out that God will meet your needs and you, have just, you can believe the God of just enough. But God's saying, hey, hey, this journey is just getting started. I'm not the God of not enough. I'm, I'm not really even the God of just enough. I'm the God of more than enough. The promise. Remember, that's where we started. Yes and amen. Not a maybe God, a yes God. All the promises. Say all the promises. Oh, here's one. All right. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce. There will not be scarcity of provision. There won't be scarcity of food on, on your table. A pastor groceries of, you, 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 you know how much groceries cost? Yeah, I do. It's scary. I don't look at the bill. I try not to. We have to eat. Uh, I, it, is, it is crazy 
how much it costs, how taxing that is to so many families right now. I understand. But listen, a land I want you to live in where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, deep springs gushing into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. Some of you are believing it. All right, I'm going to win the rest of you over. This is the word of God this morning. He's a generous God. This is his heart for you. In the scarcity of the world we live, he wants to show the world he's a good provider. If we are not experiencing this and showing the world that he is a good provider, then we are like unbelievers who do not have a God who is faithful. It is worse. That's the point of the verse in Timothy. He's saying it is worse. It is worse than being an unbeliever because this is the avenue of faith where the world will go. How is it that you can do your groceries? How is it that you're able to do this? I know where you work. In fact, I work with you. I have the same paycheck as you. How is it that you can do this? And we're able to say in the land of scarcity, I believe in a God who promised me provision. He said, if I say yes to his provision, that it will bubble up out of the ground. It'll come out all over the place because I serve a generous God. And he loves me and he provides for me. How does he do it? I don't know. He makes stuff out of nothing. Honestly, it's weird. I can't explain it all to you but I can show you. Come with me to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let's go and learn about this God who provides. I believe God's calling us in these days. There's just a sense as we've gone to two services, which last week, I, I don't know, we had to put chairs out. Um, we have one service. Uh, we had uh, um, on Thanksgiving our final one service, we had a record, um, everybody in the room, not Christmas or Easter, or uh, the biggest one is our kids, our kids camp finale uh, services. But for a regular Sunday, we had a record attendance in the room. And then we came back and did two services, and we count twice. We just, there's no other way. We don't have facial recognition software unless someone feels to buy that. No, a lot of churches have it. So when you come through the door so that they can just keep track of are, are, we, are we gathering people in the house? Because in two services, some, some of our workers get counted twice, and we realize that. Even conservatively, if we counted uh, 40 people twice, we added about 40 or 50 unique people to the record number the week before. And that's exciting. And it's not for the sake of celebrating a number. It's to celebrate in the last three weeks the people who have raised their hand and said, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want eternal life. This is amazing. This is good news. And that's why we do what we do. But I believe as we've been just, we're, we're being kind of stretched. I, I think that there's a stretching that's coming to believe God as provider. Because I think there's some amazing things in the days to come that God wants us to do.
And there, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and envision that, and then we're gonna put the price tag on that, and we're gonna go, uh, and then we're gonna go. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're gonna be able to demonstrate to the world a generous God who provides. Now it begins before we can even get there. It begins in our homes. It begins in our families. It begins with all of us here today believing this. His provision is more than enough. There is a tribe. That was promised, the promised land, and and some of the tribes didn't go in and take their land. They just left it there. And uh, there was a tribe that that was getting ready to go in and take their promise of this more than enough provision. And and Joshua, or excuse me, the the, uh, judge that was in charge here in Judges chapter 18 says, when you get there, when you get there, when you get there, when you get there for theatrical effect about 20 more times, when you and I get there. Get where? Where are we going? Where are we going to get to? Well, when you get to the land of promise, when you say yes to the provision of God, you will find the people living carefree lives. Wouldn't that be awesome? To live a carefree life, free of anxiety and worry. The Bible says that uh, the, the trees don't worry, the birds don't worry, flowers don't worry. How much more? Does your heavenly father want to provide for you? Carefree living. God has given us a spacious and fertile land lacking in nothing. Will you say it with me, lacking in nothing? Lacking in nothing. Huh. I want you to get there. I want you to get there. Every one of us, I want you to get there. This, I, I'm not preaching something to you today that's theory or it's in a Bible textbook somewhere. Christine and I have lived this. I could have spent the whole time telling stories, and I think there's, that's profitable and it's good. But to lay down a foundation today, we're saying yes to a God who provides so that we can demonstrate it to our children. My parents did that, and Christina's parents did that with her, and we did it with our kids. They saw miracles of God's provision. They look at our lives. My kids still scratch their heads, and they go, we don't. No, it doesn't make sense that you have what you have. I said, I know. I know. Add up the numbers. We would have to be millionaires, <laughs> and we're not. But I serve a God who has everything. And we've, we've been taken care of by God. And we've been to this land, and we, we strive to live in this land. I want you to get there. Because when you get there, you will discover there's a story of a lady who lived in a remote area, and um, she had no no uh, hydro, uh, no hydroelectricity. And the her neighbors finally said, "Man, you gotta you gotta get with it." And so um, they came over and talked her into allowing some of the neighbors to help with rewire, putting wires in the home, and uh, and hooking up to the grid, and uh, and, and so she had power, electrical power. And uh, after about a year, a small town, so the guy that read the meter said, I don't know what's going on, but like she uses no power, very, very, very little power. And so one of the neighbors went over and said, hey, um, are you using the power that we helped you connect to? She says, oh, yes, 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 thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, yes, thank you so much. Yes, I do. She says, I turn the lights on after it gets dark at dusk, I, you know, and I can't see. I turn the lights on long enough to light my candles for the evening, and then I turn them off. You might be doing that this morning. She was connected to unlimited provision, but not utilizing 
not saying yes to the abundance that she was living in. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. According to the way things are going at the grocery store? No. According to the way our world is? According, hey, things are going good right now, so I have a little more. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. No, he didn't provide your need. The good economy did at that point. We, we have to get this because where it gets proven is where the economy saying one thing, your job says one thing, but the provision of God says another thing, and that's when you can go, wow, like this. He's providing out of his riches. Why? He's got it all. He's a generous God, and he wants to supply for you. He's not providing out of lack or scarcity. He's providing out of his riches. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent. They will not be disgraced in hard time. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. We're saying yes to a God who owns it all. Yes to a generous God. Yes to a God who came to give us life and life abundantly. We're saying yes this morning. One more real quick. God is faithful. Therefore, you can trust him to do this. He is faithful. Quick story, the band is coming, we're gonna dismiss. I'm getting better at doing this under my time limit. Whew, last week, I got in trouble. Yeah, there were people people lined up trying to get in while you were getting out. Thank you for no, no road rage and no accidents right after church. The Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath. I'm gonna talk to you this last point, trusting God to do it. God is faithful, so I can trust him. The Lord said to Elijah, who was a prophet, go and live in the village of Zarephath. It was during a time of famine and a great need. Near the city of Sidon, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Important point. It's an important point in our story that God said, hey, I've already been talking to this widow. I've been talking to her. We're going to see. We're not sure how she was listening, but we know that God said, I've been moving upon her for this great truth that I was sharing. I want to share with her. So he went to Zarephath, and he arrived at the gates of the village, and he saw a widow gathering sticks. He asked her, would you please bring me a little water and a cup? As she was going to get it, he called, hey, with the water, do you think I could have a little piece of bread? She spins around and said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in my house. It was bad. It was bad. She was living in the land of not enough. I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was out gathering the sticks because I need to light a fire to cook a meal. It was going to be the last one because after this is, we're over. It's done. This is the last meal and then we'll die of starvation because I have no provider. I'm a widow. I have no provider. I have no provider. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Whenever we talk about finances at church, you can just feel that and everybody reaches for their wallet. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid. God, don't ask me to give any money, God, because that's why we always, we don't tell you what to give. We always say in the service, just ask God and he'll instruct you. God was talking to a widow. He's just beginning to stir her heart a little bit. She's been crying out to him because a 
As we see in the rest of the story, she was a Christ follower before Jesus was born. She loved God. She placed her life into God's hands, and, but in the natural, she had no provider. God said, I've been talking to her about this. So it's okay for you to talk to her too. Go ahead and ask her for a piece of provision. So he sees the widow. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked a little old lady. <laughs> oh, she doesn't even have a piece of bread, and, and she's going to make some, and, and they're going to die. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, but God said it's okay for me to ask you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We never want anybody to be moving to say yes to God because they're fearful. No, we want you to be faithful, full of faith, believing God. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me. What's the word? You see it? Make bread for me. Say it again. Give to God first. Give to God first. I wonder how hard that would have been. I know that'd be hard for me. Except God said, no, I'm instructing her in the provision of God. I've been, I've been instructing her. She's going to feed you. I've been talking to her. I've been instructing. I've been moving upon her by my Holy Spirit. Go ahead and put the ask out. And he did. In faith. Because he knew the God that he was serving. And he taught her an important principle. He said, go and make the first for God of what you have right now. And then use what's left to prepare a meal for you, you and your son. Are you kidding me right now? First to you, God. And then whatever's left over will be our provision. I was going to die in the first place. Now you, wanna, you want me to give something to God, have a little left over. It's just going to speed up the death process. <laughs> but that's not what she said. You see, we opened this story with saying, God said, it's okay. Talk to her about this because I've been moving upon her heart. I've been instructing her. She's ready to hear about this. And I believe we're ready to hear about this. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Here's the promise. There will be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and grows crops again. In other words, God's going to provide this way. And he'll provide this way until he provides this way. And he'll provide this way until he provides a new way. And then he's going to provide. But all of the provision is supernatural, abundant, and generous. Your containers will not go dry. So she did, as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised. Would you stand this morning? Unashamedly, we teach here at Harvest, give your first to God. We call it tithing, 10%. It's how God taught us to do it. We give our first. I give my first before I pay any other bill. I pay not a bill to God. I pay faith and say, God, today I'm going to give you first and then I'm going back to the containers and they're not going to go dry. 
they're not going to go dry. Now, I'm not talking about being foolish and credit cards and debt. I'm talking about as we trust God and he provides and the container won't go dry. I share this with you today. It's up to you. If God's been instructing you, I'm saying as we come into this next season, would you say yes to giving your first to God and watching him cause your containers to never go dry? With every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, our prayer team is coming right now. Father, I just ask right now that all across this room in first service, I believe you're challenging us to believe a God who wants to provide at a new level. I think as a church, we, we, you meet our needs. I think we're solidly there. We're in the land of every need is met. As a church, we have no bills. Lord, we have, as a community of people doing your work, we have just enough. But Lord, you have spoken vision into this house that far surpasses what is available. And so I know that these are the days that you want to prove yourself faithful to every person who will provide for our families, provide for the things of God, provide for everyone, because we took a little flour and a little oil and we gave it to you first. Just in this moment right now, I just want you to talk to Jesus about, will you say yes? Will you say yes? I'm afraid. I know, that's why. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Holy Spirit, thank you that you don't push anybody. You invite always. Thank you for inviting our church into a new level of giving. I thank you for that, Lord, as we say yes. I know that I can repeat the promise of God that our containers will not go empty. Hey, just before we dismiss the service, you can come forward. We always have a prayer team. You can come for, we believe that God heals today. If you have a need in your physical body, please come forward and have someone pray for healing. A miracle, we believe a miracle can take place right here this morning. Maybe something you heard in the Word is challenging to you. You know it's right, but you're like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Hey, come and just say, be honest and go, I'm struggling but I want prayer because I want to trust God in these things. Just before we go, you might be here today and I want to talk to you. Just circle back to the greatest provision that was ever made for humankind. Bible says we're born separated from God. Bible's clear that we're born not knowing God, but God invites us to come into relationship with him, to have our sins forgiven and to receive eternal life. He hands it out to us and says, I want to provide this for you. We have to take it and say, yes. If you're here today and you've never said yes to salvation, you've never said yes to forgiveness of sin, yes to a relationship with Jesus, yes to new eternal power living in your life, I want to offer that to you on behalf of God today through Jesus. I'll count down from three. We do this each and every week, three, two, and one. And when I hit one, if you're online, just text in, I'm receiving today. If you're here in the room, You can indicate you want to receive God's forgiveness by raising your hand, and we'll pray together in three, two, it's for you today. One, are you in the room? Could I just see your hand real quick? Is there anyone today? I don't see a hand, but just in case, online, we know what to do. Harvest, let's pray together today. Dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you you that you love me me the way I am. am. Thank Thank you that you don't want to leave me 
the way I am. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. I receive eternal life today. Thank you for new life and destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believe you're born again online or in the room. Hey, we're going to sing this song. We'll dismiss you in just a second, but already begin to come and receive prayer today if you'd like to do that. every person here today, God, yes, Lord. that they will have been spoken to in one way or another through the word today. God, I pray for everybody as they leave this building today and go about their week, God, that you will be with them. Father, I pray a blessing over each and every person, God, and just bring everyone back safe next week. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.